Hummel, it's good to have you with us, brother. You come on and preach to us, and then you can close us up and take us out when you're done. Take us out to the truck, and we'll pray. Yeah, don't take us out like that. Take us out to the truck. Yeah, I was a little concerned what you meant there. Well, good evening. It's good to see you out to the house of the Lord this evening. Certainly was a, a beautiful day that the Lord uh, has given to us, and I enjoyed the sunshine and the warmth of the day, and reminds me that spring is just around the corner, and I am more than ready for spring to show up. So we certainly thank the Lord for that. Uh, Thanksgiving is in order. Uh, first of all, I want to thank Pastor Tilly for inviting us and being a part of our, our ministry. He's always been very supportive of our work and encouraging to us, and I really want to thank you for allowing us to come and to be a part of the church here these few days, putting these scriptures together. And uh, then, of course, I want to thank everyone that come out and uh, worked in the assembly, 28,714 scriptures that are going to go out. I was talking to one of our missionaries today that we work with, and uh, he said, oh, we're so thankful for these scriptures that we're able to distribute. They're, first of all, first class, they're beautiful, and they're easy to distribute and hand to the people. But he said, more than that, uh, when you hand them to individuals, they are so eager to open them up and begin to read, and, and uh, they're able to see the plan of salvation. And we just pray that many of them will turn to Christ for salvation and know the Lord as their personal Savior. We also want to uh, thank uh, the crew that prepared all the meals, Miss Bonnie and her crew. Uh, everything was so delicious. And, of course, last night we had heavenly manna, uh, hot dogs, and sauerkraut. And uh, those of you that don't like that, I suggest you don't go to heaven because that's what we're going to have uh, the, day, the first day we get there. And, uh, but we had lovely meals and all of the desserts and everything that, that uh, was prepared. There was just too much there to uh, take it all in as usual here at Malbrook Baptist Church. And uh, so we thank the Lord for that. We thank the Lord for uh, Colonel and his wife uh, giving us a place to stay and uh, the, if you haven't been out there, you need to make an appointment and go for breakfast sometime. Uh, Harry's quite a deal uh, when it comes to making breakfast. And uh, we was up every morning and over to their place and had a lovely time of fellowship and a good breakfast. And we really appreciate the hospitality and the kindness that they showed to us. So really appreciate everything that uh, we've been able to do together and uh, look forward if the Lord tarries is coming. I, I don't know how much longer we'll be doing this uh, because I believe Jesus is coming again. Amen. And I, I believe that coming is very, very soon. So we need to keep that in his proper perspective. Uh, things have not caught the Lord off guard. He knows exactly where we are on his prophetic timetable. Everything is unfolding the way that he wants it to unfold. And it won't be long until we see uh, Jesus face to face. So we're looking forward to that, and I know that you are as well. And it will be a wonderful day when we see our Savior face to face. I promise you I won't keep you long tonight. Uh, we've had a busy couple of days here. The folks that turned out on Sunday afternoon and worked, and then, of course, last night and, and on Monday night as well. Uh, really, the, the time frame that you all did that is remarkable. Uh, most churches uh, 
uh, take more time in order to accomplish that, Pastor Tilly. And uh, working just in the evening and then Sunday afternoon, uh, that really is a, a remarkable, remarkable thing. Uh, most churches have to work uh, uh, Monday morning and, and Monday afternoon and Monday night and Tuesday morning and Tuesday afternoon and sometimes even Tuesday night and some have drifted over even onto Wednesday morning in order to accomplish something like that. But uh, you're old pros and you know what to do and how to get the job done and uh, we appreciate that ever so much. If you have your Bibles this evening, oh by the way, we've sent out already this year over one million scripture booklets. That doesn't include the gospel tracts. That doesn't include the Bibles that we've sent. Just those uh, Roman booklets, uh, over one million, have already gone out. Uh, truckload uh, dropped off uh, today uh, down in Brownsville, Texas. Had 400, and I believe it was 441,000 of the Roman booklets. Had uh, uh, three uh, skids or two skids of Bibles. Had gospel tracts on it. And uh, they, they won't stay long in the barn. Uh, they will be distributed. I talked to the distributor down there today, and he said, boy, we really praise the Lord for that truck pulling in here. Uh, we were just about out of scriptures and was getting kind of panicked, and now we got a little bit to work with, and we'll, we'll take all that you can provide. So just keep that in prayer uh, that we'll be able to do even more in the days to come. So if you have your Bibles, I'd like you to take them and turn to the book of Ephesians, uh, chapter number 6. The book of Ephesians chapter 6, and if you know anything uh, about this portion of scripture, beginning at verse number 10 through verse number 18, uh, we have instructions that God gives to us for the battlefield. Uh, we are in spiritual warfare. Uh, we are engaged against the enemy. Every one of God's people are in the army. And uh, we are to engage in this spiritual battle. And God gives us some insights on how we can have victory in this battle in which we are engaged. It gives us encouragement as we look at this passage of Scripture. He wants us to overcome any doubt or unbelief that we might have and bank upon the power that we have in and through the Lord Jesus Christ. The first thing that he deals with is the energy that we need. We can't go it alone. Okay, we'll stop right there. Try an amen once. Uh, it won't hurt you. Believe me, it just will not hurt you. And uh, the, the, the ceiling will not fall in. Rain will not begin to come. Snow will not show up when we go out the door. Uh, we are engaged in spiritual warfare, and God tells us we need his help to engage in this battle. Amen. Well, thank you. You learn quickly. Not only does he deal with the energy that we need, but he also deals with the enemy that we face. We're up against a, a formidable foe. Uh, he is powerful. He doesn't play by any rule book. And, and he's a devil of, of all devils. And he's out to do you in and to do me in and, and to do ruination to the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. His hatred for God, his absolute hatred for God is brought out as you read the Bible. Not only does the book of Ephesians deal in this portion of Scripture with the energy that we need and the enemy that we face, but also the equipment that is provided for us. 
He talks about the belt of truth and this warfare that we need to have uh, our loins girt about with truth and the breastplate of righteousness and our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And we need the shield of faith, which is able to quench all the fiery darts of the devil. And he tells us above all, taking that shield, wherewith you will be able to quench the fiery darts of the devil and the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. That's the equipment that we need in this spiritual warfare that we are in. And then he makes this encouragement in verse 18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. I, I, I want to give you this evening... Five things that prayer will do for you. Five things that prayer will do for you. If the Lord encourages us to pray always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, what benefit is there going to be for you and what benefit is there going to be for me if we engage in this matter of, of prayer? Well, the first thing that I would say, and uh, I feel a hearty amen coming on from my my. Uh, very being, that is prayer defeats the devil. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Prayer defeats the devil. Uh, now, he tries to make inroads. Uh, he'll try to make inroads into this church. He'll look for whatever link he possibly can use in order to get in the front door and to get a hold and a grip on this ministry. He will go after Pastor John and try to do his best to turn him away from the truth of God's word. He'll try to get you to be discouraged and, and to be filled with doubt and uncertainty about these days in which we are living. He makes inroads, but prayer, thank God prayer defeats the devil. Let's take a little trip over to the book of Luke real quickly here. Uh, chapter number 22. The book of Luke, chapter 22, when the Lord Jesus prayed for Peter. The Bible tells us in Luke chapter 22, and, and beginning with verse number, let's see, I've got to get the right chapter, chapter 22, and, and beginning with verse number 31. And, and the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But now notice what the Lord says. But I prayed for you. I prayed for thee. Uh, what an encouragement it is to know that the Lord intercedes for us. Uh, he knows the very hairs that are on your head. He's able to number them. Uh, he knows your name. And uh, he has you written on the palm of his hand. And he remembers us. And he knows us. And, and the Bible says that he prays for us. He's at the right hand of the Father making intercession for us. And when I look at this passage of Scripture, uh, certainly we're up against an enemy that is persistent in what he tries to do. Satan desires to have you. That's what the Lord said to Peter. And uh, that's what I would say to you this evening. Satan wants you. He wants to abuse you. He wants to use you. He wants to bring you down. He wants to cause defeat and discouragement to be present in your life. And he uses all kinds of mechanisms in order to accomplish that. And so we're up against a, a persistent devil. Not only that, but I, I look at this and I see the prayers of the Savior. And isn't that encouraging? To know the Lord prays for us. Uh, let me ask you this. Do you think he gets his prayers answered? 
Well, I feel a good shout coming on right now. He gets his prayers answered. And so if he's praying for us and he gets his prayers answered, boy, that's encouraging to you and encouraging to me. And, and it's prayer that defeats the devil. And we need to exercise that great privilege of praying so that we can overcome the devil and the Lord is able to pray for us and encourage us. And, and the, the very purpose of Satan uh, going against us is to bring us down. But the very purpose of the prayers of the Savior is to lift us up. He wants to lift us up. And I, I look at this passage of Scripture, and, 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 and he said, Peter, I prayed for you that thy faith fail not, and when thou art converted, strengthen thy brother. Aren't you thankful that if we fumble the ball, there's a way back out? There's a way back up? If we fail and mess up in life, the Lord doesn't throw us out. He doesn't cast us away. He doesn't say and, and discard us. There, there's a way back. And the Lord always has outstretched arms, willing for you, for me, when we fumble the ball and we make a mess of things. And believe me, we sometimes make a mess of things, don't we? I hate to even think about it. But we do. But the Lord said, I've got my outstretched arms, and I'm willing for you to come back if you'll come back my way. And so, Peter, I prayed for you that when you're converted, when you finally get back where you ought to be, there's a job and a ministry for you to do. I'm thankful that there's always something that you and I can do for the Lord. So the first thing that we see is prayer defeats the devil. The second thing that I would share with you this evening is that prayer is the way to get the lost saved. You have somebody in your family that's lost? Somebody that needs the Lord? Are you praying for them? In the book of Romans chapter 10 and in verse number 1, uh, the apostle Paul gives us a good example of that when he said, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Well, if Paul had to pray for the lost, don't you think we have to pray for the lost? Uh, we pray for a lot of things, but boy, one of the most important things that we can do is to pray for lost people to come to know Christ as Savior. It might be a next door neighbor, it might be someone down the street, it might be someone that you work with, a member of your family, but we need to have a prayer list that we're praying for lost people to be saved. Uh, Paul prayed for the lost, the Savior certainly prayed for the lost, and we ought to pray for lost people as well. The Bible talks about bearing seed and bringing people with, with tears, uh, bringing them to the Lord, and uh, it's a wise person that is concerned about where people are going to spend eternity. And by the way, that's why we're here this week. We're concerned about where people are going to spend eternity. That's why we've taken on this ministry so that we can massively reach multitudes of people with the gospel of Christ. I didn't do the math, but uh, 28,000 times 10 is 280,000, I believe. Uh, Harry, you're the mathematician on this, so I'm going to throw another one at you. 28,714 times 7. How much is that? Oh, he has, I can't give you an algebra uh, equation for that. Uh, so we'll just say a lot of people, a lot of people. Uh, what you have done, you're gonna, you have the potential 
of, of reaching 280,000 people with the gospel. Why do I say that? Because they tell us seven to 10 people are going to read one of those books. Amen. Wherever we send it, Amen. seven to 10 people will read that one book. And I've witnessed that and have seen that personally myself. Uh, they, they'll, they'll, they'll get that book. They'll gather people around them. Uh, someone will be standing in the midst of them and they'll start sharing it with other people. So we, we have the privilege of, of actively involving ourselves in reaching multitudes of people with the gospel uh, through the, the Bible ministry. And we certainly need to be praying for lost souls to be saved. So prayer defeats the devil. That's number one. Prayer gets lost people saved. That's number two. Number three, prayer is the way to acquire wisdom. James chapter 1, verse 5, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth to all men liberally and unbraideth not. So if, if you want to get smart, pray. That's how you get wisdom. God will provide you the wisdom. Uh, we need wisdom every day in the decisions that we make. Uh, I, I don't know how many decisions we average a day, but there's a lot of them. And uh, we need that wisdom from the Lord to make sure that we're making the right decision, doing the right thing that is pleasing to him. We need heaven's wisdom, especially in these days in which we live. Uh, this world's a mess. And uh, I hate to tell you, this is not going to get better until Jesus comes. And uh, then after he comes, things are going to get even worse than what they are right now. You think a 20, 20 cent increase in gasoline today uh, rocks your boat, you just wait till the tribulation period and see what it is then. Uh, thankfully, we're not going to have to be bothered by that. When we come back, we're going to ride horses. So we need a lot of hay. And uh, uh, we need a lot of oats. But uh, that's no problem with the Lord. He spoke this world into existence and he can speak it into existence again. So uh, then things are really going to get better. After we have the Battle of Armageddon, we're going to march right into that uh, millennial reign of the Lord. And uh, guess who's going to be dethroned? All the kings and rulers of the world and King Jesus. Oh, I feel a shout coming on. Uh, King Jesus is going to sit on the throne and rule this world with a rod of iron. There'll be no tomfoolery then. Uh, there'll, there'll, be nobody, there'll, there'll be nobody rebelling without that rod coming out and making correction on the spot. So thank the Lord. We need that wisdom from the Lord in these days. There's no reason to be discouraged today. As the world fractures and the seams of this world begin to splinter, it's just a sign that we're getting closer. Amen. Getting closer. And we need to be prepared for that day. So we get wisdom when we pray. Number four, prayer is how the saints get strength. Prayer is how you and I can get through another day. If the days are getting to you, maybe you're not praying enough. I, I've discovered that if I don't begin my day with prayer, things don't go quite as well as the way I'd like them to go. You ever experienced that? And the Lord, you know, sometimes we think, oh, I'm so busy. I just don't have time uh, to, to, to read my Bible. I don't have time to pray. And, and uh, I'll, I'll catch up later. I found out you never catch it. 
If you don't do it when you're supposed to do, it just has a way of evading you and you miss out on what prayer can do for you. Let's go back to the book of Luke chapter 22 again. I want to call your attention to verse number 44. Luke chapter 22 and verse number 44 through verse number 46, we find that the prayer of God's people, they gain strength from that. Chapter 22 of Luke, the Bible tells us in verse number 44, and being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. That's Jesus. And, and his sweat was, as it were, great drops of blood falling down to the ground. When he rose up from prayer and he was come to his disciples, he found them sleeping for sorrow. And he said unto them, Why sleep ye? Rise and pray, lest ye enter in to temptation. You see, prayer is where we get our strength and our boldness and our confidence to face whatever comes our way today. And, and the Lord reminded his disciples, it's not a time to sleep, fellas. You, you got to rise. You got to get up. You got to get on, on your knees in prayer. You need to talk to your heavenly father because that's the only way you're going to make it through the temptations that come your way. Problems intensify when we ignore them. You ever notice that? We try to skirt them. We try to ignore them. Try to go around them. And they just get bigger and bigger and bigger till it's a mountain that we're facing. If we just pray about it and commit it to the Lord, God give us the strength to face those problems of life. Jesus certainly demonstrated that for us and we need to lay hold of it as well. Number five, prayer is the way to accomplish the impossible. Prayer is the way to accomplish the impossible. We sung about it tonight. God is able. He is able. Our God is able. And prayer is the way that we tap into that resource and that we're able to accomplish what seems to be impossible to you and to me. And aren't you thankful that what looks impossible to us is possible with him? No one's too far gone that God can't reel him in. No one is too far down that he can't lift them up. No one is strayed too far out there that he can't rein them in and bring them back to where they ought to be. You have a wayward child or you have somebody that's rebellious, you know, and you love them, a family member or whatever it might be. Just pray because prayers get the job done. What you might try to do will intensify the problem. But what he's able to do will bring them back to where they need to be. And that's why we need to engage in this matter of prayer because prayer is the way to accomplish what seems so impossible to you and me. And we all face those situations in life. What seems so impossible, God is able. Do you know that nine times, at least nine times in the New Testament, the Bible uses that word, impossible. And the scripture verses that you will find that verse or that word really will encourage your heart. For instance, Matthew 17, 20, And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief, for verily I say, Do you remember the disciples couldn't heal that guy? And they said, Lord, why? Why couldn't we do it? They brought that lad to Jesus. Jesus took care of it, healed them. And the disciples said, Why couldn't we do that? 
Jesus says, well, if you have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, you'll be able to say to this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall be removed, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. That's what prayer is able to accomplish. So look up those impossible words in the New Testament and be encouraged by them. Just a few thoughts about prayer and how important it is for you and for me to pray. And by the way, that's what we're going to do in just a few minutes. Go out to that truck and pray over those scriptures, asking God to use them. And we already know God's interested in his word. He's elevated it above his name. And we're praying that God will use that word that he promised will not return to him void. Whatever God has in mind for those scriptures is going to accomplish what he sends them forth to do. Uh, Matt's dad drove the truck down to, uh, down to Brownsville, Texas with all those scriptures on it this week. And uh, when he was unloading, he sent back word, unloaded, uh, sticks of dynamite ready to go. I refer to those book of Romans. Remember, it's the power of God and the salvation. That word power in Romans 1.16 is the word where we get our word dynamite. It is the dunamis of God, the dynamite of God. And so we sent the gospel and sticks of dynamite are ready to explode wherever they go to accomplish God's will and purpose. So let's go out and, and pray over these uh, sticks of dynamite that you all put together. And uh, we'll ask the Lord to save souls as a result of that and trust him to do great and mighty things. And all God's people said, amen. 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 All right.